0: Feel when you think about money and how it relates to your business? Do you dread creating a budget because it feels restrictive and inflexible? Have you struggled with maintaining healthy ideas and practices around your money? I'm guessing as a business owner and entrepreneur, you probably know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Well, today I'm talking to an amazing financial advisor and planner about how we think about money and the relationships we have with it and how we can take steps to make changes and grow our success. Welcome to this week's episode of the BizMagic podcast, sharing expertise and solopreneur journeys to help business owners find the magic in their businesses by being more productive, focused, and successful. I am Patty Meyer, the founder of BizMagic, where I help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and small business owners clear their plates so they can get back to doing what they love. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Zena Amundsen, financial planner and author of the book, The Heart of Your Money, about the importance your relationship with money has on your life and your business and what you can do to make it a healthier relationship. After her marriage breakdown, Zena Amundsen chose to take responsibility for her family's money and take control. She went back to university and created a career from her passion to help other women. She works in the financial planning industry as an independent certified financial planner, divorce financial analyst, and cash flow specialist, and is the founder of Women, Wine, and Health and Regina and Astra Financial Services. I am so happy and honored to have Zena joining me here today. And so without further ado, let's dive in. First of all, I want to thank you so much, Senna, for joining me here for the Biz Magic Podcast. It's wonderful to have you.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm glad we, we connected.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, let's dive in and get down to business. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your business and kind of how you got started and how long you've been in business and, and just kind of what you do so that everybody can, can understand?
1: Yeah, so I'm a certified financial planner and certified cash flow specialist, certified divorce financial analyst. All it really means is I've got these designations that um, I manage money and I help people manage money. And I I started off kind of late in life. I didn't finish university till I was uh, early 30s. Mm -hmm. and I started before that as a bookkeeper, and I think that was probably my first little sense of money, just understanding, you know, okay, ins and outs, figuring that out. Then I, um, out of circumstance, I I had to find full-time employment, and I started off in the basement of a mutual fund company. So it's the head office, and in the basement, I was the scanner. I spent eight hours a day in the basement scanning all the paperwork through. Hmm. And that yeah, and that lasted for about two months. So I'm I'm starting here from the beginning to yeah. where I am today. And um, that was actually interesting for me because I was seeing all the paperwork. And so you get to see a financial picture. You don't get to see the person, but you get these little stories, these things that come through because it's paperwork of investments. And yet, you know, on there, they have to, you have to see the net worth or you have to see paperwork transactions and I'm scanning it and filing it. Um, and after a couple months, I moved up into what they call advisor services, meaning I actually had the hands on, you know, being able to talk to people and I trained in there and um, it just took off from there. And I will say, and maybe you have this, there's a pivotal moment in life where you meet somebody for the right reason and i found a mentor and i started working there and it was uh, just the beginning of a of an amazing career because it's somebody that actually gave you respect they gave you time they encouraged you for more education so then I started taking all my designations and starting to do the financial education part of it once I finished university and I mean I'm in my 30s by then and so you kind of feel like you need to fast track right okay right. I'm starting a little bit late I've got kids yep. and get this going and I was there for um 10 years and I mentored all the way up through getting these designations and I was able to sit with him he's he, he was in his late 60s and he had been in business for 35 years and so I really got to just sit back and soak it in yeah and he was willing to do that and wanted to and I learned a lot about business but also family life and I remember being um on the phone and he came in and he started talking to me and I said, Oh, sorry, I'm on the phone. And he goes, Oh, it's okay. I'll catch you. Like, no, it's okay. It's just my husband. And I'm like, I'll call you back later. Click. And he says, Zena, it's not just your husband, right? You, you know, be careful how you say these things. Like that, that's respectable. I have no problem saying, I'll come back and talk to you in a few minutes. That's an important part of your life. And I was like, just those
0: little things. Yeah, right? Those are um, big. Those are right? big things. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I really lucked into that one and um, by then I was starting to figure out my identity, who I am in business, working in financial planning. I was also seeing some gaps and those gaps being that it's more than just graphs and charts that you get, you know, the business uh, suit and I'm going to say generally a man in our industry where, you know, I'm sure where you are, it's the same. It's an older generation of men Mm -hmm. suits, very intimidating. And it uh, doesn't really make you feel like you want to open up and talk. And it's just straight numbers. Here's what they are. Here's what, you know, no questions of, of deep personal meaning. And I starting to see that gap and I was picking up relationships that I was starting to fill in the hole. And I realized mm-hmm. um, I'm coming into my own. I'm, I've got a gift here that needs to be spread and it worked out that my mentor was just starting to step out of the business and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, um, I call it spread my butterfly wings and, and I'm going to go solo and leave this, this mentorship in this business. You know, I had a small piece of the business partnership and I thought I'm going to go on my own because I, I've got some dreams and I've got, you know, some ways to talk that I want to do this differently. And he said, I said, so when I explained it to him, cause it's really hard and he says, I understand. And I said, my butterfly wings. And he goes, oh, no, it's just the training wheels are coming off. And so it was interesting. I had this beautiful metaphor. And he's like, oh, no, you know, training wheels. <laughs> and he's actually right, because when you take the training wheels off, there are a few bumps and there's a few falling off. And you have to learn how to get back up and get on. It wasn't this, you know, mythical flight uh, a beauty going on it was a lot of stumbling so I thought it was really good so then I started my own firm and that was pretty scary that's um, you know jumping into an unknown because I've always had that safety net of, of mentorship and it has been phenomenal and you sure yeah you sure grow up and so I run during the day is my my practice my financial planning firm and business and then I've written the book and now I do these education and, and the passion now is just getting out there and talking and, uh, getting people talking more about money.
0: Right. And so
1: that's, that's the second part, I guess, you know, like that's my, uh, filling my, my glass full part. Yeah.
0: Right. Which is interesting because I, and, and this is something for me that I've always been drawn to in the sense that money is, often seen as this very taboo topic in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. that for me i've not ever been that way i'm somebody who's always like oh this is what i'm making right now and this is the struggles that i'm having with that right now because for me i feel that in general in life there are too many taboos and i think the more that we we don't talk about those sorts of things and anything that's afflicting us in some way the more nobody else gets that that they're Everybody feels alone, you know what I'm saying? And so this idea of being able to connect with other people and say, oh, this is a challenge that I'm having and and relate to somebody else is really important. And I think it sounds like that that's partly what you're doing, which is a really big deal.
1: Yeah, I I think it's about letting people know you're not alone. I'm there. And I share my own personal. So we all learn through stories. And so you have to be able to um, be somewhat vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the financial industry is lacking. You sit across from someone, it's very cold. It's, It's a cold transaction. And it's not a educating transaction. It's a here it is, here's what it is. You know, instead, you know, let me tell you some stories. Let me tell you some experiences. And that's what resonates. And I think that it comes down to confidence and empowerment. If we're not talking about it, I think we're disempowered a little bit. And as soon as we talk about it and we can um, bring some good knowledge and confidence and then realize that you're not alone, all of a sudden, you know, you stand up a little bit straighter, you feel a little bit better about it. One of the things that I know this, I'm not the first person to say this, but we truly do talk more about sex than we do about money. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and even with best friends, you know, how often do you sit down and say, Hey, are you on track with your finances? How are you feeling right now? Right. You know, is everything going well? Did you meet your goals? Do you have, Hey, what's your short term goal? Where do you see yourself? Instead it's, you know, intimate details. And I would much rather share that. <laughs> and we have to learn how to
0: change that. Right. That's really powerful. And that's really a, a wonderful point because even at that, how much do we talk about sex with certain people? And some people are closed off about that. So then if we even talk about money less, yeah. that's amazing. And that's really powerful. And that says a lot about where we are. And, and, and those are two very big parts of our life. Money, everything revolves around that. Every, everything that we do, although we spend our lives trying to make money and, so, and to, to get what we want one of the things I,
1: I say is that money is the longest relationship that we'll ever have our entire life so you think about it it's from birth and right down to that last breath that you take it is this relationship and for some people it's that you know big elephant in the room it's however your relationship is it could be healthy but it's with you it's longer than our marriages and friendships and right so this is why it's vital and I, I truly it's it's massive, not only for entrepreneurs, but um, to reach your economic potential, we have to talk about money. It's the only way we're going to get to the next level.
0: Right, right. Definitely. And so I think this leads into, you know, you, you talk about the emotion of money and, and the relationship and the importance of relationships with money. Um, and, and you wrote a book called The Heart of Money. And, it, and I'm guessing that that kind of relates a lot to this message of emotions and money in that relationship.
1: Yeah. So the book really is my own journey. It's kind of like a coming to age story. And then I get to throw in all my expert advice in there. And so it's really telling a story. And I had someone say, you know, this reads more like a novel than a finance book. And I I actually thought that was a great compliment. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, not so boring. It starts off with, you know, it's meant to be motivational and to let you know you're not alone because there's other women's stories in there. I share my story. There's vulnerability in there. And it's letting you know, here's what I've learned along the way. And then maybe you can pick up some pieces. And so um, it's also, you know, the book starts with me curled up on the kitchen floor in the fetal position, uh, wondering how I was going to feed my two kids. Mm. So my husband and I, this is quite a few years ago, more than 10 years ago, my husband had left. And at that time I was a stay home mom with two young kids, two young babies. I did not finish university. I had zero financial identity. And so in that moment it was, what am I going to do? I didn't I never worked full time. I was completely right. financially dependent on this partner. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I really had um, to get off the kitchen floor and struggle with my relationship with money. And so that's where it began. And, and my, Personal empowerment of finance came with uh, a drive a serious drive and so as I was learning and going through these things, um, I share them in the book and I share the experiences of of other women and and what we need to ask ourselves how we have to get empowered with money and then oh and by the way, here are some tips and tools that you can use to get there and um, it's it's a it's a it's a journey that um, it's really about confidence right so
0: and that's really important because I think that there are so many women specifically that can relate to that. And and my mother, the same thing. I mean, she was a stay-at-home mother and all of these things. And, and when my parents got divorced, she had three of us that all of a sudden, and he was no longer even available really to to help pay finances. So she suddenly had to go, oh, oh, oh my gosh, what do I do? And get a job and figure out how to work full time and budget money and raise three children. And, and, and it's a really powerful thing. And, and that's one of those moments where you can feel very isolated and go through yeah. this. And, and that's a really good example of, of not only learning how to develop relationship with money, but again, how to move past that taboo and how to, to feel not alone and create relationships with that and other people surrounding that.
1: Exactly, and and then spreading a positivity around it because it's very easy. Then um, some of the things that, that come out of that is that you know we don't have two nickels, we will never get ahead. We're so poor, we're so broke. Right. And I think that there's a mindset that we have to t- tackle to be able to get to the next level. And um, before we can work on the mechanics of the finance, like okay, so now what do I need to do? How do I do a cash flow? Where do I invest? What what you know? How do I structure my money? we have to go backwards and actually start from the very beginning w- with how our relationship with money is so that we can move through that in a positive, a positive way. Cause it's really easy to, to um, feel, uh, lack of confidence and really, we get gremlins. Right. Oh man.
0: <laughs> and shame even, right? I mean, shame, yeah. I think is a yeah. big, big connector with, with money. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then how do we pass on? So it was really great because your mom probably in struggling and and doing all that is also trying to install a really good belief system in you and and have it being positive so that there's an end of cycle that has to happen. And I think for me on that kitchen floor, and this is, you know, I talk about it too, is um, our very first money memory. When I was on that kitchen floor, all of a sudden, all my memories flood back my mom was a single mom. She was poor. We were very poor. We shopped at the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little while, we had to sleep in the kitchen with the oven open because the energy had been turned off, but our power was on. So you could turn on the stove for power and get some heat. So I grew up very, very poor. And later on, though, you know, my mom remarried and, and my stepdad provided well for us. But now there's these conflicting in feelings like I'm really poor and now I'm not poor and it's um right. I never never had a grasp or a handle and no one talked about money so lying on that kitchen floor after my husband left was like I'm poor again I'm back we just worked to you know we were you know had an okay income we were doing fine with the, me staying home I mean it's tight you have to butt you have to look at your money but all of a sudden I was back there to being that kid wearing used clothes and not affording anything so I had to deal with the mindset before I could actually move forward and become uh, financially independent. Right. So, yeah. So the, there's just a whole bunch of stories in there that you can connect the dots to. And I think it's our, you know, one of the things I would say is what is your very first money memory?
0: Right, right. And so you talk about, and you've talked about it several times now, um, the money mindset. And and you talk about it coming from a place of scarcity or abundance. And, and so how do we go about figuring out what our money mindset is and, and yeah. what do we do with that once we figure it out?
1: Yeah. So the first place is to start with your very first money memory. I like the timeline idea. You kind of, you think back and the first time that the concept of money even made sense to you, you even related something. So for example, I share mine and my very first memory of money because it was a concept that I understood was when we were shopping for used clothing at the Salvation Army. Right. And I remember having to buy used shoes and I really, really wanted those light up runners. Oh, I, you probably know which ones I'm talking about. Yes, every I step do. Day they light up. <laughs> I really, really wanted them because every other kid had them. And we had to buy the used shoes that didn't fit. And I, and I remember how, the smell it's funny my memory brings back the smell and that was the first time that I actually can remember I was about five years old I think four or five of the concept meaning that we didn't have enough money to buy those because I probably my mom said we don't have enough money and so that was the first time I related money with um, scarcity Mm -hmm. scarcity meaning that there is not enough to go around and so that concept i can now have all these light bulb aha moments of when i get into this scarcity loop i actually have to stop and, and sit back and go, where is this coming from and i have to go oh right my wiring my very first memory is of this mm-hmm. and so for me it's uh you don't want to know how many shoes i have even right now next to my desk i've got a pile of shoes and there's a re- all of a sudden i've got the shoe issue and i'm like what is going on here what hole am I trying, you know, what void am I trying to fill? Interesting. Yeah. So that's just one. And then another one here in the office is I see it with couples and this one kind of came by accident when I was very first starting. That's when I realized there's more, more to this financial planning bit is that there was a couple in the office and they came in and they were arguing about money and things kind of got heated. You know, he wanted to do this. She didn't. And I finally had to do a timeout and I'm like, okay, well, we need to stop here. because <laughs> so I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, <laughs> like, you know, getting loud. And I said, let's take a moment here and I want you guys to each come back and think about your first memory of money. And so she kind of had a very somewhat of a similar experience to mine. She says, I remember wearing used hand-me-down clothes for my sisters. We never had anything new. We shopped at Sears Bargain Center if we did buy new. And she just says she remembers wearing, you know, dresses too big or coats too big. And she felt in that moment that memory for hers that again she didn't feel like she had as much as the other kids okay, so we're, you know, we're relating and and I can see her husband watching her. And then I asked him and I said, what's your first memory of money? And he says, I remember on the dresser table of my parents change and I would just take it all. And they kind of knew, no one told me I couldn't, but I didn't even ask. I would, I would take it and they knew it was gone. And I'd run down to the store and buy whatever I wanted. If it was baseball cards or, you know, pop or chips or whatever I wanted, I just ran down to the store and there was always change on the dresser. And I think it was an unsaid left for me. So now he's coming from a place and a memory of abundance and she's mm. coming from scarcity and he's wanting to take out a loan to renovate the kitchen and buy a new car all at the same time, the same year. And she's freaking out and yelling, like, we can't do that. I'm like, she was having fear. Mm. After they shared that, they just looked at each other. They took each other's hands and there were tears. The, and all of a sudden now there's this respect of where each other is coming from. Mm. And, um, that was, uh, a huge moment for me that it was able to explain uh, behaviors today, some of the fear that was going on and some of the lack of fear and, and that was going on.
0: Right. So, I that's think powerful. It is, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I remember sitting there going, Oh, I would, like, this is something. And that's where things started to evolve with this process of, um, okay, let's go back to our first memory of money. And usually we can, we can come back to an idea is it of scarcity or is it abundance? And then you can actually make these connections through your life and these dots uh,
0: that go on. Well, that's amazing. And I think that's really important, right, for relationships in that capacity because now there's this idea of and this ability to compromise and To, to see where somebody is coming from, but more importantly to understand where you're coming from. And, and that relates so directly with your business because a lot of times people go into business and they're afraid to make certain investments because yes. what if they lose all of that money or they don't succeed or they go the opposite and they put tons of money into ads right. that they might not necessarily have and they, they overspend too much, and then they're not successful in that capacity. And so, so there's something really important about learning and understanding what your money mindset is for your own business as well. Yes. The, and, the, risk, the risk factor, right? right.
1: And, uh, and is it an overcompensated on one end or the other? Um, we really have to do that. Uh, there's a rap song, my kids, <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. You really need <laughs> you need to come to that place and decide, okay, is this balanced or am I overcompensating with some of my belief systems? Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. Great. So, um, so you talk about, Budget versus cash flow. And the idea of using the term cash flow when you're talking about your money instead of the, the word budget, which, which people tend to find and be overwhelmed by and, and budget is kind of this big, scary thing. And, and um, so what is the difference between cash flow and budget? So they can be one and the same. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the word budget, the first
1: thing that comes to mind for me is diet, Right. And usually diet means can't have something. And so if I were to ask you the first thing when you hear the word budget, the very first without even thinking the first thing that comes to mind, sometimes it's like panic, fear.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Lack for me. Yeah. Lack. And oh, I can't do things. Yeah. Restrictions.
1: Right, and that's very, very common restrictions. And so we need to frame up how we use the word. And so for me, I like to use cash flow because cash flow is something we can control. Cash flow is the what's coming in, what's going out, and it gives that more empowered feeling of I can control cash flow. Budget is this all almighty. Um, oh man, I didn't track today. I can't have this. I shouldn't have had that restriction. So I like to change the word up, and I wish I had. Um, uh, had done that a long time ago. And I still so when I read it I, and it says budget, I understand what they mean. It's cash flow, but when I talk about it, um, I never use that word because it just feels so negative for me. Right. Um, cash flow, quantifying, qualifying what's coming in and out. Unfortunately, it is the hardest thing for people to do. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if if you're a multimillionaire, um, it doesn't income It doesn't matter. It is the hardest thing to confront. There's so many emotions when we go through our cash flow. For me, it's when I open up and I take a look at, you know, bank statements or online statement. I'm like, oh, eight out, eight out, eight out, eight out, eight out. out, out." (laughs) (laughs) right? And I'm like, okay, this isn't quite sitting right. This doesn't feel good. And that's actually one of the very first places to begin before you even have to do any work. I always say, just pull up your statement, whether it's online or your paper statement, MasterCard, or doesn't matter what your bank account, and just go through it, take a look. And all of a sudden do a body scan. What's going on as you're reading it? Mm -hmm. Um, Is there that that clenched gut feeling of something that like Oh, you don't like to look at it and it's really hard and it doesn't matter who you are. It's going to bring out um, a whole bunch of uh, realizations with our money. Yeah.
0: And so you suggest that, that when that happens and you have that reaction, you listen to it and say, maybe I should cut this out. So then instead of, cause I think that's another thing with budget too is that it's sort of this thing you have to create and live by and, and it's not, it can't flow, and and it's just it's very structured and it's unwavering in this way, right? And so, right.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, c- cash flow is more empowering than budget. And so, um, the the first thing you do is you take a look in that body gut sense. So now it's telling you that something's not matching to my values because we're each different. We're each going to have our different value system. We're each going to. So what I share is that if someone told me that I couldn't have my. uh, they call it a dirty chai, so a chai latte with a shot of espresso, skim milk every day from Starbucks, uh, Like the world would end for me. So You'd have to duct tape me to my chair, <laughs> and I would be a really, really cranky person if I couldn't have it. But the example I use, though, is that I'm willing to give up my expensive face cream.
0: Right.
1: So there's a value for me my value system is no no I want to enjoy the luxury of that coffee I need it it's part of my ritual it's my it's it's part of my makeup and I am willing and I choose to give up something else so I am empowered by making my choice of buying this uh, expensive overpriced coffee that I have to have and so Budget, restriction, no, there's a way to have cash flow that when you take care of all your buckets, you take care of all your needs, you look at, does this match my value system? And if it doesn't, then start to think, what what could I flop? What is important to me? What am I willing to give? What am I willing to take? And that's an empowering way to look at it. Because then we can sustain it. I could try and do that. They call it the latte where you say, okay, I'm not going to buy coffee because I spend too much every day. I could try it for a couple of weeks, but I am not going to be a nice person. And I'm going to start to be miserable and start to really, really resent the the budget system.
0: And I'm experiencing similar things to that with my business in that you know, there's, as a, an entrepreneur that's fairly new, I've been doing this kind of officially with my business for about a year at this point. And so through that, I've been learning as I've grown, you know, I need different software and things like that to be able to make things work more smoothly and save me time in, in, yeah. in ways. And so I'm looking at these prices and some of the software is really expensive, but some of them are really important investments. And so for me to be able to sit down and say, okay, well, how much time am I spending doing this yes. particular work. And what does that equate to in my hours that somebody could be paying me to be doing other work that I'm spending, sending emails and scheduling this and scheduling that, or can I pay this amount of money to do this, even though it seems scary and intimidating, but it saves this time. And so I think yes. being able to sit down instead of looking at all of these things, because that's what I was doing originally. is like, I can't afford to, to do this and all of these things, but now I'm looking at it as this is a really useful tool for me. And I'm ready to do this now. And that's going to be really good, but I'm not there yet. So I don't need to think about that and feel guilty for not being able to afford that when everybody else in my industry is saying, oh, I love this tool and this thing. And, you know, and I think those are important things as well. Exactly. So it's prioritizing where your values lie, right? And finding out.
1: And so you did the great thing of 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 figuring out what's important to you and so one of the, the first things an entrepreneur can do and whether it's business or uh, at home mm-hmm. is I love what's called and this is you know there's exercises in my book And one of them is the uh, values mapping system mm-hmm. and so it's mapping out your priorities because things will start to get clear when you actually see it on paper so then you write okay what is important to you and what's important to you in your business and then you branch out and you answer it. But then I'm going to get you to dig even deeper and say, truly, why? But why mm. is that important? So why would that tech piece be super important to you? Well, because it's going to free up time. So now all of a sudden, no, now we're, we're, we're realizing that there's some value deeper in there. And time is of value. Right. And time is of value because it frees you up to do the things that actually generate income to your business. Mm-hmm. And so there's these peeling back pieces of the the onion like we have to get to the layers of okay i know simon sinek is super popular right the power of why Mm -hmm. and he brought it um very very mainstream but that's essentially what it is is peeling back why that's important to you and we have to know that in our business we have to know our value factor of uh each piece of our business and how important it is and get down to the true piece of why Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: we once you do that you've got the prior prioritization in front of you Right, right so you've got the clear picture so that you can decide okay uh purchasing this piece versus putting money over here in marketing where is my true value right now right. and and that's the important part of prioritizing you know for entrepreneurs i have to say um tell me if i'm wrong but some you know the the business women that i deal with is that it's never uh fueled by money and so it's really hard for us to make yeah. these decisions because what we want, we do is out of passion right. and there's a calling and we just, we have to do this. And so the money piece is like, a, oh, yeah. it's just, it's, you know, it's extra homework that we're not good at. And that's why driving into the values and doing a value map system and a mission statement, you know, um, really, truly. Gives you a clear picture, and it'll help with decision making.
0: Everybody that I'm working with, all of my clients, they're all entrepreneurs, they're all solopreneurs, and with the exception of two, they're all women. And um, and I love working with women because I connect with them really well, and. And and every entrepreneur that I work with, it is, it's a passion. It's a passion project and it's gone beyond a passion project to their work and their business. But yeah, there is this financial aspect. And I think that's what makes it hard for people to deal with and understand is because I have no background in finance and and I've had no interest in it. And the thought of all of that makes me want to run for the hills. So knowing that that is a key part of, of my business and making my business run smoothly is something that, you know, I have to come to terms with and create a relationship with. And that's where this is really important. And so you talk about kind of, um, there's actions to take for business owners to move towards financial wellness. And so I think there are five action steps. Is that right? Um, or how many action steps are there? Well, there's four. And don't get me
1: wrong, there's a whole bunch of little subs that you can put in there. right? <laughs> but, but but we'll keep it down to four. I know a magic number is three and five. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true when it comes to business and marketing. They,
0: odd yeah. numbers, tens in general, yeah. that, that's kind of the goal is odd yeah. numbers for so whatever reason. Yeah. So I'm going against the flow here. And I, I've got four. And then the first one
1: is money mindset. So the first one is actually digging down deep, finding out what is your money story, what is your very first money memory, and get to the, the mindset of that. And then are there any beliefs in there that um, maybe aren't true? So a belief system that you've heard from somebody, whether it's family members or you know, money doesn't grow on trees or rich people are snobs. And so that's a big one because as soon as you do start to make money, you've got this mindset. This is just an example though, you may have a mindset thinking like, oh no, you know, once you have money, you're a bad person. Right? You're greedy, you're a capitalist, you, you know, you name it. My mom's a hippie and I'm in the finance world. So there's this uh, split personality yeah. I've got going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a belief system that we have to work through. And I've met, uh, I'm thinking of a woman that I've met and her belief system was of uh, rich people are evil people. It's mm-hmm. uh, the end of the world. You know, there's uh, bad things happen with people that have money. And so, as she came into her own and she started to make a considerable amount of money, she couldn't keep it. It was burning, right? It's like as soon as she saw it or was in her pocket, it was like, I need to get rid of it. And so, it spiraled out of control and she became in debt. But there's an example of a belief system. So, as, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, I think we need to do the homework
0: mm-hmm. and know
1: where you're coming from so that you can do the check yourself before you wreck yourself moment when you're making decisions. So that's the first one. And that's really about knowing um, the value system and why money is truly important to you and mapping that out. So that's a little bit of the homework. Um, the, the next one is that prioritizing. So actually putting on paper and drawing out a map. And that might change over time because as you reach one priority or goal, you have to reassess, but it's right. really prioritizing it and doing a mind map. Um, you know, just, Plotting it out on a piece of paper and then doing another branch that's like, okay, but why is this truly important to me? Mm-hmm. And asking and digging a little bit deeper. The next one that, because we are passionate about our business, we might ignore this part, like we talked about, and that's tracking. Mm-hmm. That's actually quantifying and qualifying our cash flow mm-hmm. and addressing it. And so that's taking a look at what's coming in and what's going out. And actually spending time to nurture that and bringing awareness to it regularly. So for me, it's uh, once or twice a month on a Saturday morning, uh, I sit down for the business portion and I actually quantify and qualify and pull up things and I track it. I fill out a little mini spreadsheet. It's not like a serious oogly, oogly moogly spreadsheet. It's just really a, you know, how am I doing here? Right. Um, because then we can make really good informed decisions in our business. Right, right. Because otherwise we're winging it. We're just right. like, oh, I think I have enough. I really, really hope I
0: have enough, and
1: we've all been there. don't
0: look, because you don't want to yes. find out that you don't have enough, and no. Right, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's, I will say, this is the hardest part.
1: The hardest part is quantifying, qualifying where you're at and measuring it. We have to measure to know where we're going. In business, we have to measure Um, you know from one year to the next how have you done so this is no different and it is the hardest one but once you get through the pain of it there's a power in it Mm -hmm. Um, and it gets less and less hard and it becomes a great habit so I do think scheduling regular quiet time alone and then um, knowing that you're going to have some emotions in there after Mm -hmm. before during and recognizing it and honoring that and so for myself I know that an hour after because I have to I'm a schedule freak so that Saturday morning after I do that kind of you know cash flow tracking I I plan to go for either a walk around the park or I take some alone time so that I can decompress a little bit so I'm not running into the house after with the kids and I'm being really cranky with them and um, yeah so I honor that knowing that, okay, whatever emotions are going to be, I'm going to go through that. And then the next one is finding your tribe, Mm. finding that community. And um, this one flows into everyday all steps because that's where um, we need to really feed ourselves. Right. And you're going to find that support, especially as entrepreneurs on your own. You're going to already feel completely alone. Even if you have a partner or spouse, you're still going to feel like, no, no, the weight of this business that I'm doing is completely on me.
0: Right.
1: Um, Yes, you're my partner, but like, no, no, I'm the one over here doing all the work. And so you really have to find a community and they're going to be able to support you so that when you feel stressed, you have somewhere to reach out. Um, They're also going to be able to celebrate the wins with you and they're going to be the people that you can talk to about money. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like going, oh, here's my bank statement and, and divulging all our skeletons. It's just gonna be, um, you know, am I on track? Aren't I? I really had these emotions this month, or you know, I was really going through this down period or this positive feeling. It's just being able to talk about it. And even um signing up for newsletters and joining communities and groups like yours and your podcast. It's just uh feeding ourselves mm-hmm. um, so we can read books and it's Knowledge is power, and we can get that from anywhere, but we really do need a group. And part of why I wrote the book too was that uh, sometimes it's scary to go out there and connect either in person or it's hard to find someone. And so even just by reading, knowing, okay, I'm not alone, and then eventually build up the confidence. Yeah.
0: Number three for me is really powerful because I think that we're taught how how important self-care is, and that's something that I talk about, you know, to my audience and and try to preach self-care and try to practice it myself and everything. And I think that I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of relating self-care to money in such a way oh, and saying yes. that, you know, it's okay to have feelings connected to either not feeling like you can do something or feeling disappointed and over budgeting or just anything, anything at all that comes up if, if it's connected to past experiences and all of that. And not only that it's okay, but to create for that, that is is a really important lesson and message to share. I think, and and I and I agree with finding a tribe. and And for me, when I've joined, I've joined two recently big Facebook groups that are in alignment with the work that I'm doing. That I can go on there, and there are tons of people asking the same questions as I am, and 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 feeling all of these different emotions of running a business and, and feeling way less alone and knowing that I can ask any question in these groups and not feel stupid. And yeah. also that I can go in and help other people that are struggling, but in relation to everybody in all of these groups being at all these different levels, it, it validates where you're at. And, and for me, I feel like I'm good wherever I'm at in my business and level of growth I'm at, I have this amazing group of people That I can learn from and I can share my expertise with and I know that I'm on track for whatever my business is because that's the thing with all of this I think at the end of the day is that we're each on our own path financially and our business and we're all not all going to be in the same places at the same time nor do we all want to be in the same places at the same time and so I think understanding that and and kind of getting rid of that keeping up with the Jones Joneses perspective is really important. Yeah.
1: The, the competition, right. We put ourselves in it, what it turns into is the gremlins and comparisons in our head. Mm -hmm. And so part of one of the things I talk about in the book is that self love equals self care, which equals us taking care of ourselves financially. Right. Right. And we have to love ourselves to be able to value and see that I need to take care of my finances. And so, yeah, absolutely bang on. And, and, um, What's nice about those communities is that, because I've been on a few, and and you see them like, oh, thank God, I'm not the only one, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You feel too stupid, and you're carrying it in your head, and then you realize, no, this is what everyone's going through.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, every single person that's doing it is, is going through this exact same thing.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite comparisons to think of that, you know, as we get older, we think, oh, you know, we become adults and we just know everything. And, and that's not real. The reality is I always feel like we're big kids running around going, what do we do now? And like making it up as we go along. And and I think there's this, this golden arch we think we're going to reach that it's all just going to click and make sense and we're going to yeah. know how to do it. And that's, that's just not real. And so okay. I think, yeah, every pivotal moment I've had in business and life so
1: personally you know when I finished uh university then I finished all my designations it was like I was standing there and even when I you know opened up business on my own so you know I had moved everything and we had our own space and office and in place and I remember standing there each time of the, those moments waiting for the clouds to part the sunlight to hit and the uh, yeah. and I'm waiting and I'm waiting like oh okay no I guess I'm keeping on track in here <laughs> Yeah like, cuz you just assume you work you work and it's exactly yeah. right and then you realize no I still feel like this little kid like I'm waiting for this yeah. moment and it's just it it's not it's there but I think we have to create it and make it yeah. and it, and honor it and so yeah there's just uh yeah we're we're all just a bunch of kids running around in grown up bodies yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> and, and
1: spanks <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, this has been great. So, if there were one lesson that you would want somebody to walk away from this conversation with today, if we haven't touched on it already, what would it be? Knowledge is power. And so, being able to educate
1: ourselves whether that's hands-on right doing the work kind of the things we talked about asking the questions reading books asking for help which is those communities finding your tribe it's just really the big takeaway that knowledge is power because it's going to give us the confidence Mm -hmm. to make all those decisions that we need and and that's and it's so important with money and finance is that we have to have confidence and how do we do that knowledge right right I, I like to I always use that um, it, and it's maybe not appropriate, maybe, maybe not, but it's that idea that men never ask for directions, mm-hmm. so you keep getting lost um, whereas you know. Uh, women generally and so this is a stereotype that isn't exactly true but it's one that we've heard before and women will stop and ask for directions and so knowledge is power it means that we know we need to ask questions we know that we need to find out more information and that's the key to success in business
0: wonderful thank you so much Zana. this has been great if if somebody wants to buy a copy of your book or work with you directly how can they do so
1: so the books that chapters Indigo online or Amazon, and it is US Amazon available. I'm in Canada, but there's US, uh, UK is popular. I think it's because my husband's last name is Norwegian. And so Norway has been selling copies, but I don't know anybody there, but they must like our name. Hey, <laughs> it's all great. <laughs> um, and then there's also my website and I'm sure you've got a link in there, but it's zenahamundson.ca. And in there I've got, I do have a couple of free challenges. There's a free five-day money challenge and then I've got a new one coming out and it's the holiday savings challenge oh Mm. I know already thinking about the Christmas (laughs) but um and that one's in there too and then I've got an e-course that really just takes you through all the steps that we went through uh, a six module e-course too
0: wonderful well thank you so much Dana I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and this has been wonderful yes thank you Patty Yes, definitely. That was such an amazing and wonderful conversation. I learned a lot about money and my relationship with it and how to consider going forward to make my business more successful. I want to thank Zena again for joining me and I've placed the links to her website, her book, The Heart of Your Money, her e-course of the same name, and her free holiday savings challenge in the comments and descriptions below please support the amazing work that Zenna is doing and take the first steps in learning about your money mindset and relationship with finances. So now I want to hear from you. What resonated with you most in today's interview? Did you figure out what your money mindset is? Share in the comments below, or you can always email me directly at questions If you have any topics or questions that you would like to see me talk about in a future episode of the podcast, please head over to bizmagicpodcast.com and click on ask a question. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just like Santa and share an area of your expertise or talk about your solopreneur journey and all its ups, downs, and sideways, you can also do that in the same place, bizmagicpodcast.com and click on be a guest. Thank you so much for joining Zena and I today. I hope that this information resonated with you and you're walking away with a new way to look at finances in your personal life and in your business. If you like what you saw here today, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Then join me next time when I talk to you about how you can stay motivated and focused while working at home. You know you definitely don't want to miss that. Till then, keep the magic in your biz.